0: We're now over halfway there. In today's video, I'm going to show you the data that matters when it comes to Bitcoin's next big move to quantify where we currently sit in the cycle and where we could be going. I will also give you an update on the current market dynamics relating to the Bitcoin Spot ETF to take a look at what could happen in the remainder of Q4. It's gonna be a massive show. Click the like button if you enjoy this style of content. And without further ado, let's get straight into the video. As you can see in front of you, on the screen, there is a chart which dictates price versus time capitulation. And I think it's a great chart because it really quantifies where we currently sit as an entire industry. Price capitulation is essentially when price over a short duration of time rapidly declines to the downside. And time capitulation is where price can stay the same or chop in a range. However, boring market movement sustains for a prolonged period of time, which creates essentially the effect of making its market participants extremely bored. Now, price-based capitulation could be super scary when the prices are crashing And Bitcoin and altcoins are going down and down and down, but it's actually time-based capitulation which causes bear markets and this is what actually causes most people to leave an industry. It's the constant feeling of being bored. It's the constant feeling of apathy. It's the feeling that things are never going to get better, which actually cause bear markets. But, This is actually a really normal phase in the cycle. In fact, historically, this has been the most important phase in the cycle because it marks an extremely important accumulation zone. For those that remain consistent and patient in their approach to the market, this is actually a zone where some of the greatest opportunities lie, not just for crypto investors, but also VCs and industry participants and builders who are willing to weather the storm. So if you're watching this video right now, it means you're still here which is really half the battle considering the majority of retail participants have now exited the market. The rest, I assure you, will be back later. So I want to show you on the charts this theory contextualized in terms of the timeframes that we're talking about here. Bitcoin history in terms of time capitulation seems to be repeating itself. If we go back to the 2018 cycle, we can see that the bull market peak to the bear market trough took 51 weeks. So this is the peak of the market to the low of the market. We can compare this to the exact same pattern which played out in 2021 with the bull market peak marking itself here at 69k and then the bear market trough marking itself at the 15k zone. This period also took 51 weeks similarly to what it took in 2018. Now we are currently in this black box which is a period which played out between 2019 and 2021 where price moves sideways and this is where most of the market participants decide to leave. This is the period where time capitulation starts to set in. But if we compare this period time-wise to the last cycle, then we can assert that we're currently more than halfway, around 51% of the way through this period of 96 weeks. Now, this cycle, will it be the exact same as last cycle? No, despite the fact that the bull market peak to trough was the exact same 51 weeks. It doesn't necessarily mean that this period is going to be exactly 96 weeks and we'll get into a couple of the reasons why uh, a little bit later in the show that you need to know about. However, it's important to assert that until proven wrong, we are still following this pattern, which is a completely normal pattern. So if you're feeling like this time's different, if you're feeling scared about where we currently sit in the cycle, rest assured, this is very normal market behavior. Another bit of normal market behavior is Bitcoin dominance going up. We can see that last cycle marked by the halving, which is this red vertical line here, Bitcoin dominance moved aggressively into the halving, just as Bitcoin dominance is moving aggressively into the next halving, which is scheduled to take place around April 2024. Bitcoin tends to lead cycle to cycle, which means it captures the majority of new liquidity inflows into the crypto ecosystem, and then usually that liquidity is diversified into other altcoins as risk-on mode starts to come back into the market. But Bitcoin dominance rising, although altcoin fans get really, really scared. And altcoin holders start capitulating. Oh, no dominance rising. Should I switch back into Bitcoin? Is actually a really good thing for the crypto market. So, although it might make you scared if you're in altcoins. Dominance rising is actually an essential part of the cycle. It's the first phase of every cycle and that's what gets new people into the door. That's what gets new liquidity into the door and it's an essential part of altcoin performance later down the track in the later stages of the cycle. Typically it goes Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then into altcoins. You actually need this and we need a healthy Bitcoin in order to have healthy altcoins. Now, In light of the fact that Bitcoin is leading into this next cycle, just like it did last cycle, you have to make sure that your investment approach keeps this in mind. Maybe it's not worth catching a falling knife with your last bits of liquidity um, into altcoins, which are showing no relative strength. Maybe it's better to employ either a top-down approach, starting with Bitcoin, ETH, and majors, and prioritizing quality alts with hotter narratives or trends uh, that can withstand this dominance rise a little bit better. than some of the other alts. That's something you need to think about. That's something that I'm certainly doing. I'm prioritizing the quality alts in the market. So these are coins that I have a lot of conviction in, but also the coins like your Bitcoin proxy bets, like real world assets um, within niches that have relative strength versus the rest of the market. Otherwise, you know, if you're investing in things like L1s, you pretty much have to have a lot of discretionary income and a lot of patience to be willing to catch a falling knife and buy into those coins. For me, I think it's slightly better to look at the coins, which are at at least doing okay versus Bitcoin or are breaking above fundamental support levels and not just making new lows and new lows and new lows like coins like Apecoin are. So that's something to keep in mind when approaching this market. But knowing that Bitcoin dominance is likely to continue to rise might help you navigate this period a little bit better. That- doesn't mean I'm abounding altcoins at all. It just means I'm wary in terms of when I am making my portfolio allocations between Bitcoin, ETH, and alts, and also wary in terms of which altcoins I'm actually choosing to buy when I buy versus Bitcoin. But I guess you could say that we are in an accumulation phase right now. In fact, I would say, in my opinion, we're in an accumulation phase right now. And for that reason, this technically does become a range where you're trying to set yourself up for next cycle. So you have to employ the best practices to essentially have the end goal of building as large of a position that you can in your favorite coins. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what the goal of an accumulation period is, right? It's to accumulate. Yes, you can take profits when prices pump. Yes, you probably want to be adaptive and DCA more when prices significantly um, decline. But overall, your end goal is to essentially increase your portfolio value denominated in tokens, which in turn, in in a bull run, of course, would increase your portfolio value denominated in US dollars. But US dollars probably aren't the the metric that I'm using right now to measure portfolio success unless I'm measuring my stablecoin reserves, which by the way, are sitting around 50%. If you're not that high, don't worry. I'm just a little bit crazy and I went a little bit too cash heavy in recent times, which isn't a bad thing because it's given me some options in, in order to dictate where I shift liquidity uh, around. ETH BTC is interesting when it comes to this altcoin discussion because it is now breaking below. I mean, it just upticked, but looks like it wants to break below this major support level. Last time it broke below, it did deviate and then held above, and then ETH BTC went on a run. So if we do see a divergence here, this actually could be a decent support play, but I would rather wait for the break of trend, which would mark itself via breaking this uh, downtrend here, which would come in roughly 6% time. So I would miss the pivot off the horizontal lows here, but I would get in on an official break of structure and that would also mark the breaking of your next low um, that you would need to clear, which is in the one region. So something like this, if we came back down and then start to br- break above, would give you okay, a few different entry opportunities, one at support, one on the break, and then one on the break of the previous lows. That's an interesting ETH BTC trade, which could basically just be shifting Bitcoin into ETH, or you could use... ETH as a proxy for the altcoin market and shift Bitcoin into alts. But we do need to see how we react in this region. And this is the weekly chart. So even if that plays out, that's going to take you to the end of December. This isn't something that's happening this week. It's a weekly chart. So just keep that in mind if you were charting ETH BTC. Let's look at what previous cycles have told us about this period for crypto though, because I think it's important to try and get some context for where we sit. We know we're in an accumulation range, but what does that actually mean? Accumulation ranges can still result in massive pumps to the upside and massive pumps to the downside as the ranges are quite big. Last time, Bitcoin doubled and it was still within the range, and then it crashed 50% and it was technically still within the range. So what happens in previous cycles? Well, Interestingly, in Q4 of the pre-halving years in 2015 and 2019, Bitcoin has experienced between a 25% and a 38% decline. This is your pre-halving scare, as Benjamin Cowan likes to call it, which technically would allude to the fact that over the next three months, we would get a a Bitcoin decline if we were to follow previous cycles. Now, although I do believe this is definitely a possibility, there's a couple things to be wary of here. One, this is an extremely limited data point. You only have a sample size of two when it comes to affirming whether this time will follow the previous cycles. And two, you have the Bitcoin spot ETF being a major driving factor behind price action at the moment. It would probably take a Bitcoin spot ETF rejection or some massive delay or hiccup, which isn't really possible given that the last deadline is on for ARK and 21 shares is on January 10th, or it would take um, the ETF being approved and some other massive macro event to affect the stock market and also affect crypto. It would probably take something pretty big to crash crypto 30% this time, but it is something to be wary of um, if you're getting, you know, crazily... Uh, FOMO-y into the Bitcoin spot ETF, likely approval. Maybe it's just something to be wary of. I'm going to talk about where we do sit in terms of a spot ETF approval in just a couple minutes here. But irrespective of whether we do get that drop, one thing that the previous uh, cycles are alluding to is the fact that we potentially are in the early stages of a Bitcoin bull market. If you count 15k uh, last November as the lows, then technically we have started breaking structure to the upside. Yes, you still get scares after we've broken to the upside in previous years we saw it in 2015 we saw it again in 2019 so it doesn't mean it'll be smooth sailing but what it does mean is we're on the path to the next cycle and I think it'll look very different from other cycles which is kind of weird to say considering we're mirroring it pretty much exactly in all the data so it looks like it's exactly the same and I said you know this time isn't different earlier and I don't think it's different in terms of the general cycle theory playing out but I think it is different in terms of the specific price action we're going to see I don't think necessarily you can track cycles month to month um or you know say just because last cycle you know the bitcoin peak was 250 days per it means it'll be 250 days again. Like it could be 100 days, it could be 400 days, it could be 500 days, um, it could be 50 days, it could happen slightly before, though I don't think that will happen. Um, so you can't necessarily definitively say that it will follow the exact same timeline, but what you can um, allude to is the fact that we are following these macro cycles. And I think that's the more important thing than trying to time the market exactly. If you get caught up in trying to time month to month movements in the market when you're trying to create a broader portfolio, I think it's going to be really difficult to stay on top of the market. It'd be very easy to get wrecked if you're doing so. For me, I prefer to position myself with the theory that we're going to see a peak within some point in the next two years and, you know, slowly saturating my portfolio in, instead of going crazy all at once and or taking massive profits and underexposing myself to the market during certain periods. That doesn't really work for me. I'm more of, a t- I'm more of the type of guy that likes to set and forget build long-term positions, and maybe use some short-term trading to make short-term profits if there are opportunities, which of course, when the market pumps, there seem to be plenty of opportunities. Now, what I want to do is go through the Bitcoin spot ETF, talk about immediately what could happen to Bitcoin in relation to this and what the deadline is. And then I want to talk about uh, October, November specifically, and Q4 returns specifically. Based on historic data, and we're also gonna go through Bitcoin TA. So those are the three things to come. Before we get into that, I want to run you quickly through the test net of one of our official show partners, which is Data Ownership Protocol, which essentially enables you to have full sovereignty and ownership over your assets by allowing you to choose what you show to the public and what you don't. I think the problem with crypto is that unlike a bank account, anyone can see what you're transacting. Anyone can see what you hold, and I think everyone deserves the right to choose what they want to do with their data. If you want to hold a board ape um, and show that to the world, but you don't want to show that you hold 100 Ethereum as well, you shouldn't have to show that. It'd be ludicrous. It'd be like shopping at a store and and giving um, the person at the cashier access to your entire bank balance just because you're buying a bottle of water. It makes no sense. So with DOP, they're essentially solving... One of the biggest problems in crypto, and you can now test it for yourself. So there is a testnet here, which if you go onto their website and click testnet, link in the description, you can access to claim testnet ETH, um, claim testnet DOP. So I'm actually going to click the button and show you how it works live. This will put testnet DOP into my wallet that I used to sign up with. You see that's completed. And what I can also do is claim testnet assets. So testnet USDT, which will allow me to start playing around with DOP's encryption and learning how the platform works. They are going to be airdropping 1% of DOP's supply after the token goes live in roughly January to early testers of the product. So if you do want to potentially get a DOP airdrop, using the testnet certainly would bode well for that. And there's a link in the description if you do want to use the testnet. You can see I did three of the major transactions here. I claimed testnet, ETH, DOP, and, and USDT. It's free, of course, as a testnet, so they're not real assets. If I go to claim testnet, assets. I can enter like a thousand USDT, for example. I can click claim. This will give me assets in my testnet wallet. You see how it's successful. Then what I can do is I can scroll down to encrypt assets and I can start encrypting assets on the platform. So I've got USDT here. I can select the amount. So let's say uh, 10,000 tokens because that's the amount that's in my wallet. Click encrypt click confirm and as you can see my assets are successfully encrypted so this is how easy it's going to be when the protocol officially launches on mainnet you can then use the send assets function to send your encrypted assets and then no one can see the assets that you've encrypted so you can choose to encrypt what you want and you can choose to show the world what you want as well so you have full sovereignty over your own assets I'll complete the remaining tasks here uh, in a future video, but you get a good idea for how to use the test net now link in the description, pretty cool stuff. As you can see, um, I think it's going to be very useful for a lot of people now getting on with the Bitcoin discussion. Let's start with the Bitcoin spot ETF, which currently has its next major deadline on November 17. But assuming it gets delayed, like the other initial deadlines have been delayed, all eyes are now on 21 shares and Arc's final deadline on January 10th. Of course, it could happen anytime prior, but I think that the SEC might kick the can just a little bit further down the road here. We also have Grayscale tomorrow who are set to have comments by the courts based on their case. Good comments could obviously be a catalyst to speed things up a bit in terms of the market's anticipation. Bad comments could set us back a bit, uh, but Friday will definitely be a big day to watch in terms of what the courts say about Grayscale. We did see the SEC said they wouldn't appeal Grayscale's court win over the spot Bitcoin ETF conversion. So, I mean, the assumption here is Grayscale will be able to convert their... Futures ETF into a spot ETF. And this is what the market is telling us, given the fact that the GBTC premium is now reaching the territory of minus 14%. Previously, it was like minus 45%, which is pretty crazy. So a Bitcoin spot ETF does seem to be on the horizon, but of course, January 10th is that final deadline for the first ETF. Once one's approved, I do think we will likely see most of the others, if not all of the others, be approved at once, assuming their paperwork has checked out, which means pretty much a Bitcoin spot ETF has a strong possibility of being approved within 85 days. It's 85 days until January 10th, and sometime before that, we should see a Bitcoin spot ETF approval, unless there is some major hiccup. Of course, that would probably be. Uh, your catalyst for this rec capital um, prior halving thesis to end up playing out, but I think that's not the case. The probabilities I'm seeing are 80 to 90% from most analysts at Bloomberg. Let's continue to look at Bitcoin monthly performance now, just as a little bit more of a data point behind what could happen in Q4. Historically, Q4 is actually Bitcoin's best quarter and November and December are also pretty strong green months. 35% for November, 10% for December, November actually being Bitcoin's strongest month in history. So this is something to take note of. We are now heading into Bitcoin's strongest month in roughly two weeks' time. That is obviously positive for the market. That could line up with the Bitcoin Spot ETF approval. But of course, you can't read too much into these data points because once again, Bitcoin is still a relatively new asset and seasonal data like this can often be misinterpreted. But it's still something positive to take into next month. Um, But I think TA gives us a much better idea of where we sit. So let's look at the TA. TA is actually leaning pretty bullish for Bitcoin right now. We did finally break above the 200 MA. This was the major level that we failed to break above In August and in October, we have officially held above. Not only that, uh, but we've retested and we are now starting to print a pretty bullish daily candle. You can also see that we are making our way towards the range high zone where we previously got rejected at 30,500. Your range lows are 25,000. In terms of trading right now, though, it's for me kind of a no trade zone. Yes, there is maybe a small trade at this 200MA to long um, up until range highs of 30K, but for me, that's not the most high risk reward trade for someone like me that's not really a scalp trader and will trade over longer time frames i like to take trades at the extremity of a range and that being range highs around the thirty thousand five hundred zone or range lows at the 25k zone because until we break above we're still technically in a range that we've set uh since all the way back in march earlier this year so in terms of trading bitcoin i mean you can long if you're really into risk But for me, it just doesn't make much sense. The risk reward isn't quite there. So I'm waiting for a trade at the extremity of the range. And of course, Bitcoin breaking above that 30k level would be huge and breaking below that 25k level would be pretty uh, devastating. But until then, I think we just have to be patient after what was a pretty crazy event a couple of days ago with this massive wick and subsequent uh, harsh reduction in the open interest of a 15% reduction. We are kind of in this spot now where open interest is now back to normal levels after we saw that spike because of the fake Telegraph news. And now the market is pricing in the possibility that the market reacts well to a spot ETF because it reacted well to the fake news that came out. I think that's why Bitcoin's slowly grinding higher, but a real ETF approval is when we really will see whether it can be sustained over a longer period of time considering the fake news tweet only really uh, had a Bitcoin move sustained for like 10 to 20 minutes, which isn't enough to affirm that a a massive pump would be sustained, although I do feel like a Bitcoin Spot ETF approval still leans bullish depending on the Bitcoin price at the time that it is announced that a Bitcoin Spot ETF is approved. Any other hiccup, though, would be quite devastating for the Bitcoin price. However, I don't view that to be the case. If you're trading any on-chain coins and you do want to just get a little bit more confluence uh, alongside Bitcoin in terms of being able to take better entries and better exits, I highly recommend if you haven't already using Kyber AI, it's essentially an AI tool that allows you to find the hottest coins in the market and also find the most bearish coins in the market with on-chain analysis to help you get the best entries possible. Um, I think it's a really good platform if you're trying to gauge momentum, especially if you're trying to get entries and exits, because the Kyber Score essentially aggregates on-chain analytics based on net flows and the trading volume and the types of trades to give you a bearish or a bullish indicator for any given token on any day that you can search up using the search function on the website. They've also made a variety of new changes. They've integrated a Kyber Score Delta, which is a new ranking list that allows you to Spot tokens transitioning in their bullish to bearishness or bearish to bullishness. You can make your custom watch list now. So if you want to track certain coins that you're holding or wanting to get entries on, that can be a way for you to be able to find um, certain market movements. And you can also look at funding rates live. So you've got funding rate data, as well as UI and UX upgrades to the platform to make it even better to use. For Crypto Banter subscribers, I assume you are a subscriber. If you click the link in the description below to Kyber AI, you will get Get early access quicker than the rest of the general public. Of course, it is a free application, but for the majority of users, you'll need to wait in a waiting list because of the beta. But if you are a Crypto Banta member, they will expedite the process. So, hopefully, within like one to two weeks of signing up, you will get access to the platform. So, if you want to be one of the first to use Kyber AI, link in the description. And I hope you enjoyed today's show, uh, which hopefully gives you a little bit more context around where Bitcoin currently sits and the current period that we're navigating right now. I think this is a really important range for investors, though, to really hone in on your plan and start preparing for what I think is going to be quite an eventful 2024. I'll see you in the next video. Have a lovely day. Peace.